This is the Coach's Wife Life Podcast. I'm Kristen Urkel, your host, a former TV sports reporter and fellow college football coach's wife. I'll go one-on-one with the strong women who are the backbone of college athletics and athletics of all levels. And now, Coach's Wife Life. This podcast is brought to you by Brewer of Hope. Brewer of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Brewer-Hope or online at BrewerofHope.org. Hey there, I'm Chris Nerlon. We have an exciting podcast ahead. But first, I want to talk about something we all know way too much about, moving. Just the thought of that can bring an unsettling emotion. Well, I found a team that can take that load off your plate. It's D1 Relocation. This group can do it all. They can organize your move, coordinate with a moving company, and a trusted real estate agent. They can actually vet key household partners, such as schools, insurance agents, physicians in the area. They can even help set up your Wi-Fi and water. It's incredible. So I've come to know this team, which is actually founded by a coach's wife. I think you should check it out. Whether you're looking to move now or in the future, it's d1relocation.com. Now on to our awesome podcast. It's my honor to bring Sandra Gonzalez on the podcast. Sandra is the wife of Danny Gonzalez, head football coach for New Mexico. Sandra, thanks so much for being a part of us. Thank you for having me. Well, I want to talk a little bit about your husband first to give a scope of some of the accomplishments that you guys have walked through entering his third season, right? As a head football coach there. I think it was four season. Oh, four season. Okay. Season four. Um, You guys have been to a lot of bowl games over the past almost 20 years or 17 seasons there. Um, Now you were hired back in 2019 and he played there, was a member of the coaching staff. So I want you to take me back to that moment, which I'm sure in the back of your head, you had to have been dreaming like, if this were possible one day, what would that feel like? So when did you know and walk me through those first emotions? I mean, I really didn't know. I mean, I didn't, um, you know, we were at San Diego State for seven years. And then, well, we, when we left New Mexico, we went to um, San Diego State. We were there for um, seven seasons. And then we went to Arizona State and we were there for two seasons. And when it first kind of started, you know, you'd hear the little rumblings of, you know, there's a potential and people are interested and what do you think about moving back? And we were really happy at, you know, at Arizona State. We were happy in Tempe. Um, Our son was at ASU and um, the girls were in school. They were doing great. And uh, so I really, I I didn't think a whole lot of it. Um, And then, you know, when it happens, it happens so darned quick. Um, He had interviewed, you know, a couple of times and says, you know, yeah, I think it went good. I feel like the interviews went well. Um, But, you know, you just don't know until you get that call. And they'd called like two o'clock in the morning to tell them that they had the job and and they had a few questions for him. And then they couldn't get a hold of our athletic director. He'd fallen asleep, obviously, at two o'clock in the morning. Most people are sleeping. And uh, so it it just all kind of happened so fast. And the next morning we kind of wake up and I'm like, so what's happening? And he was like, I have no idea. I'm going to work um, and I'll call you. So sure enough, you know, he calls shortly thereafter and he was like, all right, we have the job. We, I need you to get the kids out of school and meet me at the airport. And I was like, okay. So we flew to New Mexico. They were naming, um, they were announcing him at halftime at the basketball game that night. And, uh, and then the next day was a press conference and then me and the kids flew home and he never 
came back. Wow. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Yeah. Very quick for you. Now, what about outfits? Did you have things on hand? That's always fascinating. Nothing. So this Nothing. is the funny thing is, is we left San Diego State and um, which is, you know, black and red. And then we get to Arizona State. Well, Arizona State's rival is U of A, which is right. red. Right. So I got rid of everything red. Every last stitch of red clothing was out. And so when we get this job, like I said, I had zero time to do anything. And so I'm searching through my closet. I ended up wearing all black and I had, luckily it was winter. I had a red scarf. I did have a red scarf and some red shoes. And that's what I wore. That's amazing. I think that was the only thing red I owned. That's so that's hysterical because you yeah. have no idea this is going to really right. happen. Yeah. And if you buy the clothes too early, like you're going to end up with outfits that you don't need. Right. Exactly. So I, mean <laughs> I feel like you're going to jinx yourself. And, you know, again, this is so new to me. Like I didn't really know anything. And so luckily, you know, the head coach at, um, it was Leah Edwards, um, Herm Edwards' wife at ASU. And so I called her and I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Like I, 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 this is so out of my element. So she was like, what, what's, what's the school colors? And when I said red, she was like, Oh, and I'm like, yes, I own nothing red. <laughs> so that's awesome. So did you ever see yourself as a coach's wife? Think back where you grew up. Did you envision this no. life you're living right now? No, not at all. At all. I mean, I'm a huge sports fan. I was born into a family full of boys. I was the first girl. Um, so I was a huge tomboy, loved sports, loved football, loved baseball, loved basketball. Um, but no, to ever be actually in it like this, ne never in my wildest dreams. Okay. How did you and Danny meet? <laughs> That's kind of funny. So in 2008, I think um, they, was it 2008? I think it was their last season here at New Mexico. They'd all gotten let go. And um, I'm a dental hygienist and Danny came in to get his teeth cleaned. And so it was in 2009, I think early 2009 is when I met him. And I had this big rule, you know, everybody at the office knew like, I will never ever date one of my patients. It was just, I'm, it, that's weird and I won't do it. And uh, so they all knew that was my rule. And, and then he started coming back more and six months later he came back and and then he was bringing me coffee a lot. And so they were like, so what happened to that rule of yours? Like, you don't date your patients. I'm like, I'm not dating him. I'm like, he's, he's trying, but I'm not dating him. And then I finally caved. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So you've been a coach's wife for how long? Uh, not good at math. We got, um, since like 2011 is when he got back into it. So he was out of, um, sorry, he was out of coaching um, 2009 and 2010. And then in 2011, he started, he went back to San Diego State with Coach Long. And that's, we've been in it since 2011 together. Wow. Yeah. Now, not every day is the day that you're getting ready for the press conference and you're so excited to be having your own program. There's highs and lows. So what would you say is maybe some of the toughest adversity? It could be on the field or off the field that you both have faced. And what did you rely on to get through those moments? Um, as a head coach's wife? Uh, either way in general um i'd say probably the hardest time for us was when we were at asu um danny was a defensive coordinator um his mom had been really sick and um she went in for a routine surgery it was supposed to be um 
outpatient surgery, maybe staying one night. And um, we were on a four game losing streak at ASU and she ultimately ended up passing away. Um, very un un unexpected. Um, but that was really hard. It was a hard time, you know, in his career, it was a hard time in, you know, our life. Um, we weren't living, we weren't at home because this is home for him, Albuquerque, um, where we are now. And so we were in Arizona, it was during the season. So that was a really tough time. And, you know, we just put everything in the Lord. We're big believers and, um, and that's kind of what got us through it. How do you think it shaped you to go through those moments where you're kind of feeling alone, you know, you're out there in a different state and you, you're not able to rely on family every day and you have to put one foot in front of the other and go back to work and, and, and get, you know, rally and things like that. How does it change your approach? Um, you know, I, again, I think we're just, we have such a strong faith that that's kind of what we put everything into. And at the end of the day, we know that he, he has it all in control and there's nothing else we can do. And that's really what got us through it. Now, moving on to coaches' wives' questions. A lot of the coaches' wives that we listen, that listen to here I love these because, you know, they kind of get some tips and, and things we come here for. So um, there's a lot of assistant wives that are listening right now that would love to be where you are right now. So would you say there's been any surprises to you about being a head coach's wife? Um, I love it. I absolutely love it. I love the wives. I love, um, we try and be as inclusive as we can. I want all the wives. So if we have GAs that are married, I want them over at our house. I mean, film, whoever's doing film for us. Like, I mean, everybody. So it doesn't just, I don't, I don't have our circle just being the 10 coaches. And that, that to me isn't our, that's not our staff. That's, you know, those are our coaches and yeah, and they're a big part of our staff, but our staff is so much bigger than that. And I like to include everybody. I love it. I absolutely love having them over. They come over, we go swimming. Um, we celebrate birthdays. Um, usually what we try and do is because we have so many people, um, once a month we'll pick a place and we go and celebrate whoever's birthday is that month. And we all go out and have lunch or dinner together. And it's nice. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Now, when I started this podcast, I was thinking about this recently. There wasn't NIL. <laughs> there wasn't the transfer portal. Like a lot of things have changed in college oh, wow. athletics in the last couple of years. So how, from your perspective, you're a head coach's wife, you're an FBS. How has it changed your daily life just a little bit and, and how, your your view of things and, and what you how you operate every day? it's changed everything, you know, within the, the game and just, you know, it, it's changed everything. Um, I'd say the biggest thing for us is that we always had like the countdown. It's on the calendar. The first uh, Wednesday in February is signing day. And it's been our family tradition that we usually will fly out Wednesday night or else early Thursday morning. And we do Disneyland Thursday, Friday and Saturday. We spend a few days in California and that's been our tradition since we had the girls. And, awesome. uh, and so, you know, and then we were excited because we, you know, got daddy back because right. recruiting's over and, you know, now recruiting isn't over. 
never ends. Never over. No, no it's not over anymore. It's a, yeah. So it's definitely changed, and the whole NIL thing is, yeah. you know, it's it's different, but gotta to keep rolling to everything. Yeah. yeah. One thing that I've asked several times on the podcast, I feel like another thing that's changed a lot in the industry in the last 10 to 15 years is the impact that social media has had on our profession. And I've asked Mary Beth Smart and Kathy Miles some of these questions, but it, you, you know, you have kids that are probably on social media as well. And how do you block out some of the negative things that our husband's um, it used to be just in the newspaper and now it's an everyday thing and they're tagging an AD talking about you and stuff like that. So how do you handle all of that? How do you block out negativity? Um, you know, when, when we first got into it, you know, Danny had kind of always said, you know, you have to have thick skin. You're, you can't read what people are writing. And I've heard everybody say, you know, like, stay off social media, stay off social media. That's well, easier said than done. And, you know, I'm very much a part of it. And I, I'm on social media. I'm always you know, posting stuff of our teams and our um, our staff and like events that we have. And so it's kind of hard for me just to, you know, stay off of it. Um, but I will say Danny's always said, you know, have thick skin. And he always tells me to this, which is very, very true. He says, you know, whether they're talking good or bad, at least they're talking. He says, that means they still care. Like the fans still care. He says, at the end of the day, if nobody's talking, that's when you should be worried. And I'm like, you know, that's true. And so I've always just kind of, you know, I try not to, I don't go down the rabbit hole and read. Like if I see that there's an article and it's something negative, I just kind of scroll past it. Um, the one thing I will say that that was the hardest was during that time when I had said that his um, his mom passed away. There was a really nice article that was written um, on social media about, you know, Danny mourning the death of his mother. And, and it was a really beautiful written article. And I did read it. I read the whole article. It was well done. And I shame on me. I did read the comments and one, and they were great, great comments, but you know, there's always one. There's always one. And, uh, wrote just something really negative and uh and I usually don't comment I did I was like I'll comment on this and I just wrote shame on you you know this article is about my husband mourning the death of his mother if you want to critique him or criticize him as a coach do that on a different thread yeah. and that was it yeah but, well stated yeah right? yeah and is it hard to navigate because you have kids that are getting older uh, helping them through this process of navigating social media with their dad in the spotlight. I mean, positively too. I mean, that would be hard as well. Right. Right. I think, um, you know, both the boys aren't very, they're not big into social media. Thank goodness. They, they really just, they aren't. Um, uh, and then the girls are too young and they don't have social media and gosh, I hope they don't have it for a long, long time, but well, no, we'll see. Yeah, same here. So yeah. another piece of this is, you know, we talked about it. Uh, we feel like we're recruiting our players at all times. Uh, we're recruiting high school and transfers and all of that. Do you enjoy the recruiting process? I mean, do you, how much involvement do you have and, and how much involvement do you involve your own children? Um, we're all in, all in. And I love it. I actually really, I enjoy it. The, the hard part for me is that I get so attached to these families. And then if they don't come to us, I'm like, oh, no. Like heartbroken <laughs> but it's families you know it's so much yes. more than just football for us and 
Um, you know, I usually, I try and go to all the recruiting, um, events, all the, all the dinners. And then one, usually on a recruiting weekend, um, one night is hosted here at our house. So we have the whole, all the families here. And so they meet our family and we tell them like, if you have kids, bring your kids and everybody comes and it's great. That's really, really special. Um, you know, as you move through this, has there been something that you've always done in, in a, being a coach's wife, something you've made a priority in your life throughout this process to help sustain you um, as you support him? Um, I mean, I just, I really just try and be all in. I know like a lot of, I've only been to two other schools, right? We're at San Diego State and then we're at Arizona State. And I think everybody has just a different, you know, I think all wives handle it differently. Um, and I'm not saying there's a right way or a wrong way. I just know that the right way for us was to be all in. So I, um, like now during fall camp is starting next week and, um, you know, the kids won't see him. He'll be gone in the morning before they get up and he won't be home until probably after I put the girls to bed. So we really make it a point to go up to his office. We watch practices when we can. Um, I take him up there to eat dinner you know, and then every, during the season, every Sunday, um, we have a family meal after, you know, after they have practices on or meetings on Sunday, we go in and that's kind of what I've just done. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. Did, was there a head coach's wife that you kind of looked up to or one that you've taken some ideas from now that you're a head coach's wife, things you do with the other wives or creating that family dinner night? Um, just, not really anything that I learned from somebody else, just something that I liked that I wanted to do. You know, we always kind of said, and then there's been like tons of different things that I've seen and I would talk to Danny about. And he always says, you know, like, I promise if I ever become a head coach, you know, like we're going to do this and we're going to do that. One thing that I would like to say that we do um, that um, I had seen years and years ago, shortly after we had, so our youngest daughter, name's Abby. She's nine years old and she has Down syndrome. And so shortly after her, I don't, I had seen something on social media and uh, Christian McCaffrey and his father, um, they do this camp. It's a football camp for individuals with special needs. And it was just mm -hmm. this really cool thing. And I thought that is so awesome. And um, I think at the time, Christian McCaffrey might've been at Stanford. It was before he was in the pros. And, um, and I had shown it to Danny and he was like, that's really cool. And I said, you know, that's, Awesome. You know, and we do football camps all the time, right? As, as um, division one schools usually will have, you know, they'll have the high school camps and they just have like all these different camps. And so I just told Danny, like, this would be really cool if we could have a camp for individuals with special needs. And, and so um, when we got here, you know, the first year we got here was COVID. So that didn't happen. And then the second year um, it was still kind of, during that time where they weren't letting, they didn't really want people in close proximity. Right. So last year was our first um, camp that we had and it's called Extraordinary Lobos. And it's for, and Danny um, titles it, it's for individuals with different abilities. Cause oh, I, love it. I mean, everybody has, you know, something. And so, and it's really for anybody. And so everybody comes and it's just this great, great, one day camp and Chick-fil-A um, sponsors and provides all the food for everybody. It's just, it's a really, really neat camp. And so we did it last year and then we did it again this year. 
I couldn't love this more. And I know the listeners know that about Landry, that just makes my heart so happy to hear that you're doing that. I love it. How did you get the word out to um, that community? Just um, so I, you know, everywhere I go, I end up getting really plugged into the Down syndrome community. And then from there, you know, it spreads on social media because like I said, it's not, you know, it could be, you know, people, individuals with autism. We have an individual that's um, an, a, a totally typical, um, typically developing individual who is in a wheelchair and he's come out for it. And so, which is really nice because we have it in our indoor um, practice facility and it's turf. And so he goes in his wheelchair and does all of the same drills that everybody else is doing. And so we get a really good turnout. It's, it's, it's neat. And um, one of our local screen printing um, companies donates the shirts. We come up with the logo, you know, we came up with the design of it and he put it on the shirts and it's really cool. It's, it's wow. fun. Yeah. Were some of your current teammates were the, the team or some of them involved in the camp at all? All of them, all really? of them. And they, I think get more out of it and are more excited than the individuals that, you know, are participating. It is, it is really, really fun. It's a wow. neat camp. Yeah. That is special. You know, I don't know if I've heard of anyone doing a type of camp like that. I don't Do know. know I don't either. I don't. Wow. Yeah. I, like I, I said, I love this more. That, that Christian, what's his, I think his dad's name is Ed McCaffrey, right? Okay. I think he was in the, I think he played for the Broncos. I don't really remember, but I just had heard something about it and kind of did yeah. a little bit of research and there's just like a big to do, you know, up in Colorado. And I think it's like a week long camp, but. but I hadn't heard of another head football coach doing this. I, yeah. I that's really, really, that's really special. special. And, and so you bring up your daughter, when you think about moving and some of the things that you've had to go through and setting up new school, mm -hmm. um, some of the needs and, you know, relocating, getting connected to the community. What are some of those tips and things that stand out to you that have worked for you as you've transitioned your children and with her? Um, well, that's the positive, I guess, to social media, right? So that at least you can kind of go and get plugged in and I can like search for, um, you know, the, the local community, the Down syndrome community everywhere I've gone. That was a big thing. So we're at San Diego State, which is where we had Abby and, um, and I mean, I had to really, really fight hard. She was, I'm trying to think of how old she was. I think she was three, maybe going, turning four. We had to fight so hard to get them to, um, oh, well, so in San Diego, you have a child with a disability and automatically they want to put them in a special day class. That's what they call it. And I said, you know, no, like, why, why would she, why would we do that? And I said, this is preschool for goodness sake. I'm not asking you to put her in, you know, my son's AP calc class, like <laughs> preschool. Right. Nope, nope, nope. They fought it and fought it and fought it. And we had to, I'm talking, we had to really, really fight and go back and meet and meet and meet. And uh, we finally got them to agree that she belonged in a typically, you know, in a, regular gen ed class with her typically developing peers. I mean, research has shown that those typically developing peers are going to learn just as much, if not more from Abby as Abby is going to learn from them. And this is the real world, right? Like we're not Amen. all, she has different qualities. Everybody has different, you know, gifts. And, you know, I want people to know that 
that they can hire Abby one day. And I want Abby to know that this is, she's going to be working and contributing to the community that she's living in. Like that's, this is the real world. And so we fought hard in San Diego and maybe, I don't know, three months later, he got the job at ASU. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to do this all yes. over again. Yeah. And so I kind of got on social media and I found some schools that said they were willing and I called and we did not, since that fight in San Diego, we have not had a fight. So we went to Arizona. It was wonderful. We were there for two years. It was fantastic. And then we came here and the unfortunate thing about being here has been COVID. So that kind of threw things, you know, because everybody was online and that wasn't going to work for her. Um, but since then we've been back in going strong and it's been good. Wow. What yeah. a story. I'm going to be an advocate. I mean, yeah. It And then you do feel that prep stress of fear of like, am I about to have to go through this again? And then right. you have to go through it one more time. Uh, that's a lot to carry a little bit. You know, that's yeah. a yeah, it is. Strong. yeah. How do you handle that when you, you know, and for us, I'm also a, a mom with a, a daughter with special abilities. You know, that's a, a, a fear, right, of having to set this up again or things mm -hmm. like that. But then I have learned, and you probably learned this, that everybody has something that they, a challenge of some sort that they have that they face right. um, through the process. So how do you handle those emotions? I, I, I just, I don't know. I just, we have, like I said, we have a strong, strong faith. And I just know that he's going to take care of us. And I throw caution to the wind and... <laughs> go i don't you know, we don't wait um yeah we uh the first when danny went to arizona we left at spring break um you know he left in january i think right Jan yeah january ish and then we left in late february maybe early march and then coming here to new mexico same thing initially chloe our 11 year old um said you know do you think i can finish up the school year and so I, you know, we talked about it and I said, you know, I told, told Danny, like, let's, let's just see how it goes. Like she really wants to finish up the school year. I feel bad moving her. And so he said, all right, you know, like we can see, and, and it's close, you know, it's only a six hour drive um, from Tempe where we were living to Albuquerque. Mm -hmm. So I said, we'll, we'll make the most of it. Let's just see. And oh heck, it was like, I don't even think a month later. And she was like, I really miss daddy and I want to move. I'm like, okay. I'm like, hey. no. So we put the house on the market and it sold the first day and <laughs> and we moved and, and thank goodness we did when we did because then COVID happened and wow. you know yeah because they came here they were in school for three weeks and then wow. sent home for the year yeah but you know I out. have found and this is you know everybody's situation is different but I have found for us almost like rip the band-aid off go ahead and move with dad that way that they have this summer not to kind of freak out about who they're going yes. to have. have one single friend when i go into school in august they would have at least met somebody for a few weeks maybe be on some sports teams in the local area and then it's not but, but that's just what it's been like for us i mean it sounds like you're doing the same thing yep and i that's usually if i have advice for um coach wives i usually say that i'm like i i would move just move when yeah. When, when he moves, just sell the house, get whatever you need organized and go. It, it does. I think, like you said, you get there, they get plugged in, they meet a handful of friends, maybe even, I mean, the good thing for us, this was funny when we moved to Arizona, we got there and the very next day she went to school 
um, Chloe. Abby was still, <laughs> yeah, I think Abby was in preschool still. And so, but Chloe went the very next day, went to school. And uh, so the next week, pick her up from school. We're at home. We're unloading the truck and kind of getting stuff. And and uh, one of the neighbors says, oh, there's a little girl that lives right around the corner, you know, two houses over. And so I said, Chloe, do you want to walk over there and introduce, you know, ourselves? And she says, yeah. So we walk over and we knock on the door and the door opens and this little girl goes, hi, Chloe. And Chloe's <laughs> like, hey, Maya. They were, yeah, they were in the same class. Oh my goodness. How perfect is that? And they became real, you know, really good friends the two years that we were there. So. Wow. That is perfect. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. You seem like you have a very uh, steady way about you, like a calm way of you're not going to get drug into, or I don't know if that's right, dragged into, I don't know. I'm I'm Southern. I'm messing up all my (laughs) subject verb agreement here, but that you're, you're not going to let yourself uh, freak out over something too much. Pull it back to the steady, you know, walk in peace instead of panic. But, you know, this business is not easy for that, you no. know. No. <laughs> such high highs and such low lows. And right. we're so judged on wins and losses. And then they feel when they're winning, it's good. And when it's not, it's, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. So what do you say in those moments you're probably the sounding board at home. What are some of your things that you do to keep coach encouraged on the days that aren't so flowery and happy? Um, you know, fortunately for us, we've had really, we've had success everywhere we've been. So this is, like I said, going into year four here at University of New Mexico, and we have had a, a rough go of it, but he knew that from the get-go. Um, you know, when we first started talking about taking this job, um, we, he had said, you know, it's, it's not easy to win there. It's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to take a few years before, you know, we'll see some progress. And I was like, well, it's up to you, you know, whatever you want, I'm on board. And so when we got here, you know, year one, um, COVID, our governor didn't let us play here in our state. So they actually left and went to Las Vegas. Um, UNLV had just started playing um at the Raiders facility and so Danny and staff and team they all went stayed at a hotel in Henderson Nevada and played um all of their home games at um, UNLV's old stadium so he was gone the entire football season they kind of lived in this little bubble they tried not to you know obviously get COVID and I will say it worked because they did not get COVID the whole time yeah. My goodness. So they, I forgot about this. I, you know, everyone was living in our own world and our own, right. I forgot that you were living, you, you know, your team was living up. They lived yeah. in a hotel the whole time that he didn't really come back and forth. They were doing virtual classes and everything the whole time. Yep. Wow. How hard was that for a family? Oh, for that you? Brutal. I mean, brutal. That was the worst part. We were building a house. We had just started building a house, which I don't recommend you ever do that during the <laughs> pandemic, but, yeah. um, so we were just, you know, building the house. I was with the girls and there was no school. No, you know, it was just, it was crazy time. But, and, that really? one, and again, like Vegas isn't that far. And so I thought, um, you know, we were losing and losing. And it was a rough season. And um, there was one game in particular. And I just, I wanted to drive out there. And I told the girls, I'm like, let's drive out there. I just want to see daddy. I just want to hug him. And we'll stay the night at the hotel with him. And then we're going to come home. And Chloe is 
the ultimate rule follower. And she was like, well, if we go, it's leaving the state and we'll have to, you know, we're going to have to be quarantined for two weeks. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I said, nobody needs to know that we're going. I, I just want to see daddy. And she was like, makes me really nervous. And I'm like, would you rather not go? And she was like, I don't think we should. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so we didn't go. I'm like, oh my gosh, it was awful. I ended up flying by myself for the very last game um, because, you know, after that they were all coming home. So I was like, right. um, so yeah. I did play and I went to the last game and we won. We won the last two games. Of the there day. you go. Fantastic. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. so it's been rough. Um, so back to your original question. Um, I think, you know, we always just discuss. Number one, Danny does not bring it home ever. Like if you see him on Sunday, you will not know whether we won or lost or what are, you just don't know. He, he's very even keeled. He doesn't, um, he just doesn't bring work home like that and which is great. So we don't see him in a bad mood ever. And, uh, but you know, when he and I talk and the girls are in bed, we talk about it and you know, we always remind ourselves of his original, you know, we said it was going to take three or four years before we would see, you know, some progress. And then nobody knew about NIL and the transfer portal. And I mean, that, you know, threw a whole another curveball right. into the equation. So, you know, it does. It really yeah. does. And to bring up that point, which is uh, making sure we keep our current rosters knowing what kind of value they have and like, right. they just we're grateful for them even more so. I mean, we've always been grateful for them, but I think that there's even more intentionality to make sure that they feel that. For sure. Um, I mean, do you guys do, you know, obviously you probably have them over to eat. What are some of those things you do to, to help them and to affirm them? Um, that, you know, like me and the girls are around all the time. So they have big relationships and it's funny because they all just gravitate to Abby. Like they love Abby. Um, and so, um, you know, we just kind of make them as much of a part of our family as we can. And, and I've done this, you know, from day one, I've always told, like during recruiting, I always tell the parents, like, I promise you this, your son will never spend a holiday alone unless it's by choice. Like if they can't make it back, like Thanksgiving, for instance, you know, Thanksgiving right. is usually right and dead smack in the middle of our season. So um, Thanksgiving's always tricky. And so I, we always open our house that, that I don't want anybody to spend Thanksgiving alone. And so a lot of families, um, you know, open their doors to our players, but I want them to know that they can come here also. And then we do, we have them over, like they were just here um, on Wednesday. We had a big pool party, barbecue, and we have a basketball court here. So they just, they have a lot of fun. Do you do any cooking for the players? Oh gosh, I try not to. <laughs> There's way too many for me to cook for. Luckily we have um, a really nice man um, that comes over and he does all the grilling when we have the whole team over. He's like, call me anytime. And so he backs into the side of our property and has a big grill on his trailer and he makes wow. burgers and he makes everything for them. And it's wonderful. That's perfect. For, what I do usually for them is the cookies. Like I do a lot of baking. I okay. Do. Okay. So what are your favorite types of cookies to make? Oh gosh. Well, brookies seem to be the, the, the big, yeah. Everybody loves those darn things and they're so good. They are good. So that's more like a chocolate chip brownie. Is that right? Yes. Yep. It's like a brownie with a chocolate chip intertwined in it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, they're good. They are good. They mm -hmm. College football players love those. They so, do. Don't they? they do. They love them. Really connects with them. I've seen. 
Those are good. How many pans do you make if someone? Oh my gosh, I don't even know. A ton. A ton. Well, we have 115 players, so and usually I'll make like the bigger. You know, they're pretty good size. So, and then before the season, I always um, make them. Um, and I don't make them. I have, there's, I have a cookie girl here in town that has ridiculous talents and she makes them like a Jersey and it oh, has wow. their, their number on it. So I have to wait yeah. obviously until it gets closer to, because they're always trying to switch their numbers up. on me. Like, you cannot switch the number. <laughs> I already have my cookie order. in. <laughs> but, yeah. the truth, isn't it? The things that other people don't think about. They're like, yes. oh, I'm already yeah. ordering this. Exactly. Oh, that's so funny. So uh, how do you guys stay connected, especially during the season? I mean, during the summertime, I'm sure you take a little time off, get away. But during the season, I mean, he's gone a lot, especially a lot living away. Mm-hmm. But when he's there, how do you stay connected? Um, You know, the, going to eat with him, I guess. We try and go as often as I can. I go all the time. So I, I don't work anymore. I'm a dental hygienist, like I said, but I, I haven't worked in, well, since we had Chloe, I stopped working. Um, still have my license, but I just haven't had to go back and I love being home with the kids and they like having me home. So it's been good. Um, but like, I, you know, I go to a lot of the practices as many as I can go to, I go to eat with him if I can, you know, me and the girls are there quite often. We go to church every Sunday. That's kind of a, a given. He gives the coaches time to go to church Sunday morning. And then they usually meet a little bit later in the afternoon. So, and then when you get time alone and it's very important with, uh, the amount of things that you're doing and how do you take care of yourself? Oh gosh. Well, I don't know. I mean, like what's fun for me is I I love golf. I'm a golfer. I do. Have you, how long have you played golf? Um, probably. Well, I, I started playing before I met Danny, I, I started playing. I was never very good. I'm still not really good, but I like to play. We play a lot. And then our daughter, Chloe, is really good. So she's getting to be where she's better than I am. Nice. But yeah, we have a lot of fun with golf as a family. That's awesome. Okay, give me your favorite couple of memories all time of being a coach's wife. Hmm. Okay, thank I'll give you one from each place. So when we were at San Diego State, um, we did a, a little wives um, wine tasting on horseback through Temecula. Oh, wow. That was fun. That's fun. It was very fun, except I had just had Chloe. And um, uh, so I hadn't been drinking, obviously, in yeah. <laughs> over a year. <laughs> and uh you know, I, I don't drink much to begin with. So a couple of glasses of wine on horseback by the end of it, I was like, please, dear God, do not let me fall off. <laughs> but it was so much fun. And we had a blast. It was it was really a cool thing to do. Um, that was fun. And when we were at ASU, I think one of my favorite things was um, we at, at Christmas, we adopted a family. Um, our football team adopted a family and we all you know, gave gifts for, it was a large family. I think there was like six or seven kids in this family. And so it was, it was very um, rewarding. And, you know, the girls went with me and we picked out gifts for some of the kids in the family. And that, that was very, I liked that we did that. I mean, that's something I would like to do here. We haven't, but I would love to give back to the community in that way. Um, uh, And then here, um, 
you know, we do a lot. We do a lot with the wives. I don't know what a favorite is. I, I mean, I love our our dinners and our lunches to celebrate birthdays. I think that's a lot of fun. Um, and then we we do a wives trip, and that's always a lot of fun. Wow. Too. Our wives trip is fun. Those are the best. Okay, yeah. rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Oh no! <laughs> What's the last book? You read? <laughs> okay, go ahead. What's the last book you have read? Oh, oh, I just read a book um, in Mexico. We just got back from Mexico. It was um, Colleen Hoover. What was the name of the book? Um, uh, Maybe Someday. I think it was called Maybe Someday. It was good. Do you recommend? Yes, I do. Coach surprises you, walks in the door with concert tickets. What would be printed on that ticket? <laughs> Funny. So we were just at Media Days in Vegas last week, and he did surprise me with uh, concert tickets to go see Garth. We saw Garth Brooks. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. There you go. Oh, I'm talking hands down the best concert I've been to. He's I have awesome. heard that he is the best. Yeah, his voice is ridiculous. His energy is insane. I, it was it was a great great concert. It was at um, Caesar's Caesar's Palace, and it's the venue is small, and so you, it, there's not a bad seat in that place. It was it was good. It was a fun concert. Incredible. If you could have dinner with someone other than family, current or from history, who would that be? Jesus. Love it. Yeah. You get a night alone. What show would you binge watch? <laughs> and your last answer, is it going to shape this answer, right? No, <laughs> probably not. I, I, yeah. A Yellowstone or one of the Yellowstone, you know, spinoffs. We love that. Oh, fun stuff. Yeah. All right. What's your go-to meal to cook? Tacos. Oh, I love tacos. Yeah. So does my husband. Okay, I might know the answer to this. What sport can you beat Coach Gonzalez in? <laughs> I have beat him in golf, but only once. One time, and that's all I needed to die a happy woman because <laughs> that man is so competitive in everything we do, in everything. Um, this is a funny. Um, so I grew up with the ping pong table. So I was really good in ping pong. We get to Tempe, we had a pool table at our house. And so I bought one of those covers that goes over your pool table. It's a ping pong table. Well, I destroyed him, you know, early on. I, I would just, I was so much better than him. And it drove him crazy. So much so that every night after dinner, he's like, okay, let's play. Let's play. Let's play. It was like Forrest Gump playing ping pong. Like he played all the time he was determined to beat me we stayed up one night until like two o'clock in the morning because he's like you know i would be like 11 to 21 and then it was like 13 to 21 and then it was like 14 so he was just like one more one more game and i'm like babe it is two i'm tired he was like i, I i'm getting so close i know i'm gonna beat you and he was like and if you let me beat you we're still gonna play <laughs> he can probably beat me now Nine out of 10 times he'll beat me in ping pong because he's played that much to make sure that he can beat me. I love it. This is hysterical. Yeah. I oh, love ping pong. Oh, do you? I do yes, too. Yes, that is too much. That yeah. is awesome. Just shows his competitive edge. Oh gosh, in everything, yes. And final question for you. What do you think makes him great that maybe others wouldn't see? Oh, his loyalty. He is so loyal to where he is he is in that moment you know always just very present he's very present he has a big heart um it's for him it's 
you know, I mean, obviously wins and losses, right? That's what keeps us employed. But um, at the end of the day, like he wants these young men to be good fathers, good husbands. And that's why he likes us around too. Cause he was like, I want them to see, you know, I want them to see me be a husband to you. And I want them to see me be a father to our kids. And, and he is, he's, he's, he's wonderful. Love it. Thank you so much for your time and we'll continue to track your success. I appreciate you being on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This podcast is brought to you by Brewer of Hope. Brewer of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Brewer-Hope or online at BrewerofHope.org. For a replay of this episode or previous episodes, visit CoachesWifeLife.org and follow us on social media at Coach's Wife Life.